Welcome back to Mark's Madness, now part of Chunkaluta. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I still, I still need a good. I, what did Nathan do? Um, I don't know. He he said something like, "We're doing it again," and that's where my "doing it again" came from. Oh, we're doing it again. Yeah. That is what he said, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe I should just start saying that. That sounds easy. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome back. Uh, we got a couple news items for people. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, genocide in Palestine. Um, not to minimize it, but yeah, it's still going on and. There's, you know, still ceasefire talks, but it's like, if they're not going to do a ceasefire, no. it's like, you got to overthrow this fascist regime that controls the world mm-hmm. called NATO or shut up. <laughs> like mm-hmm. those are your only two choices. And it's, it's, it's still locked in this state where, you know, other, other, um, you know, Muslim majority surrounding states are, are going to be more and more pressured to, militantly intervene and that could be a, a breakout well, yeah like war Yemen just uh captured a israeli vessel today mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. awesome by the way have you seen yeah. the video no i have not seen the video it's like call of duty like it's third person perspective it's fucking nice. sick it's like man this is like citizen kane of agiprop <laughs> <laughs> that's nice the camera angles amazing oh, that 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 is amazing um yeah, I mean, the, the important thing about these events is either like something new comes out and you need to be aware or some other talking point needs to be debunked. And that is important because you are going to face these questions. And that's what happened. You know, that's how people falter to this. Like they just misuse the word nuance and falter to a centrist opinion because they don't, well, you know, they don't really know what to say. And you're thrown these talking points and you're like, what the fuck? You know, like it matters who the talk is, especially like correct a point mm-hmm. like when a fascist says a correct thing about Palestine, yeah, you need to be very aware that you should not be retweeting it uncritically, going a broken clock's right twice a day because yeah. they're not, it is not, not coming right. from the same place. What <laughs> they mean is not what you mean, and you need to be able to identify your enemy and what they mean. That's not a broken clock. It's a lying clock. It's a lying clock who's <laughs> utilizing your talking points. And instead of fighting them, you win. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. And it's yeah. like, that's you're enabling them. They're not enabling you. You need to learn that. Yeah. Well, on top of that, like let's, let's, let's fully kill this expression. If a broken clock's right twice a day, when it's right, do you point someone to it to check the time? No, Fuck no, <laughs> Go get a working clock. Yeah. God damn it. God. Um, so, you know, it's important. So if someone like, you know, goes on about, oh, do you well, like Hinkle and Fuentes and both went on Alex Jones? And first oh, off, geez. Fuentes was way more articulate than Hinkle. Okay. <sighs> which Hinkle's supposed to be an ML, right? At yeah. least Fuentes is openly fascist. Yeah. This is, this is how people get like opposition to communists even from oppressed groups in the the west and and drives well, yeah yeah well it's bullshit like this white chauvinistic racist everybody like can this. now go oh they used all the same talking points as the tankies quote unquote mm-hmm. which is why i don't use that term first yeah. off if your entire political ideology is based on your opposition to people lying about stalin uyghurs and stuff sure whatever cool but you need <laughs> more you do you do you need more to your analysis telling the truth is important but that should awaken you to what the truth is not aha there's something like i know there's something behind that rock maybe find out what it is a lot of the west has learned that the the public schools are lying about communism but they mm-hmm. haven't learned that they're lying about like Indian, like Indian genocide and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Like they're hiding and so what, much. What does that mean? What is the action? What is the solution when you do that? You can't just stick it at they're lying. Like again, this is where oh they make you sound like they make you sound like the right. You know, we dealt with this in Syria, questioning official sources. We we you know deal with this in uh, talking about Ukraine and. Um, we, you know, deal with this anytime we talk about the media lying, right. And how important that is to understanding the propaganda you're getting and radicalizing people and finding the truth. You have to understand the media lies, but just a blanket, the media is lying has been 
like right wing axe grinding since fucking Rush Limbaugh came on the scene in the 80s. That talking point for most of our right. listeners is as old as or older than you. You can't just sit on that language. You have to drive out what the truth is. Exactly. You can't co-opt the fascists because they've co-opted our movement from yeah. before. Like you're not. That's their playbook. That's what they fucking did in Nazi Germany. Why do you want them to do that again? Well, and that's the thing is, is they've been doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. and they've been very successful and they are now able to mobilize enough to perform insurrections on capitals. We, you know, like talk about that in this book, right? The appeal, the appeal of fascism to the, the working class and how people get roped in mostly from the petty bourgeois, but working class people too. the appeal to it is that they're against the government and they're against the big corporations, supposedly. I mean, they want all the same things as the government and big corporations. They give lip service. They're not actually against it. So why would you amplify that lip service? Why would you amplify that as a talking point? They're taking the fact that people understand the government is bad. They understand that the big corporations are bad. And they shovel out all of what is wrong with it. They replace what is wrong with it with what they want and then they prop up small business. Well, a big thing is people just want to hear the talking head on the news say what things they agree with, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like if that's your standard, that all you have to do is hear someone say what you want to hear, you're going to be very disappointed when they do not uphold what they said. Mm-hmm. You know, or they use it towards a different end than you projected onto them. You know, like you should really investigate anybody who's saying anything to you, really. I mean, that's my recommendation. That's what I try to do. Like, holy fuck. Mm -hmm. I try to research everybody just because it's like. We we talked about this with COVID vaccinations. There's a reason for mistrust in colonized groups from vaccines and expired vaccines and things like that. But just just blanketly being against the vaccine was always a right-wing talking point. And it was a very big way to funnel people from starting to awaken and radicalize and lean left right back into the right. Well, but the thing, you know, the rights dominated the space for years with like Alex Jones and stuff. Like they have laid the groundwork for the next vaccine, which is because they've seen in history that like with the Spanish flu, they were able to garner a lot of fascist support with various diseases across time. You can usually use that to be xenophobic and then push hate on an out group to then reinforce your in group. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 very basic. One of, the, one of the reasons why we also talked about, and I always forget if it was Cabral or Rodney that said it, but um, we, we brought up the other time that you have to make revolution. Revolution is not inevitable because all these conditions that cause it can also foster fascism. Um, uh, ooh, I don't know if it, it might have been Cabral, um, but Rodney I feel like it's Cabral, too. But yeah. <laughs> I, I would assume Rodney got it from Cabral. Rodney very openly looked to Cabral, so that, that probably was both. Well, yeah, like decolonial Marxism begins mm-hmm. with the tribute to Amilcar Cabral, which I've even added in my favorite passage from <laughs> The People Are Our Mountains. Like just in my handwriting, I took up the entire blanks page to nice. include that because anybody who reads that book should be able to read that part too. Mm-hmm. That's just like a failure on a. Who was it? Verso? I think Verso printed that. Yeah, probably. They should have included that passage. Verso drops the balls on details like that all the time. <laughs> and typos. Yeah. <laughs> the infamous uh, how Europe underdeveloped Africa typos. Um, <laughs> at any rate, uh, another piece of news is uh, the First Nation. <clears throat> I'm so sorry, cousins. Quick Satinwa. S- Anyway, our friends over at Fairy Creek Bocade told us about it um, on Instagram that they got, uh, well, they just um, declared um, 40,000 hectares to be protected from mountaintop to seafloor in order to basically protect a watershed uh, as fucking climate change destroys their ways of life. It's really sad. <laughs> so it's about time somebody's doing something like this. And a lot of indigenous nations have the ability 
to do these things if there's the political will, but then they also need to be enforced, right? Mm -hmm. Communists should use this as a fulcrum point to enforce indigenous order over settler order. Because that's a counter-hegemony where you're at against imperialism. Mm -hmm. And for, for those, again, 40,000 should sound like a big number, but for those not familiar, uh, a hectare is like two and a half acres. So when we say 40,000 hectares, that's like 100,000 like acres. acres. Oh, 100, yeah, I'm bad at math. <laughs> Other direction. Other direction, yeah. <laughs> Never listen to me on math. It's always wrong. <laughs> like I, 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 every single time. I was time. told there would be no math. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to jump right into the reading. And uh, yeah, that's your, your current events for today. Yeah. Um. So we're going to start on slide 126, and it's going to be Motor Forces and Perspectives of the Revolution. And Shikmati, you can go ahead and start. I just want to get us on the right spot. Just volunteering. Well, I, I just, I, you weren't, no, our normal thing is whoever wasn't here last time reads, and that's why I volunteered sure, sure, sure. you. But I also, I also screwed up on, I, I had to track down where we ended last time. We were normally keep better track, so I wanted to be sure to point okay. it out. So I did point out the wrong one. So. The motor forces of the Italian Revolution, as is now clear from our analysis, are in order of their importance the following. The working class in the rural proletariat, the peasantry of the South, and the... the I, sorry, I was like, THC? No. <laughs> but the islands, Sicily and Sardinia, and the peasantry in the other parts of Italy. The development and speed of the revolutionary process cannot be predicated without an evaluation of subjective elements, i.e., of the extent to which the working class succeeds in acquiring its own political profile, a precise class consciousness, and an independence from all other classes, and of the extent to which it succeeds in organizing its own forces, i.e., in de facto exercising leadership over the other elements and, above all, in con Concretize, concretizing. I don't like that word. <laughs> concretizing politically. It's concretizing. I don't like this word. I don't like just, it. Just say make it concrete because I don't okay. know how to pronounce it right. It seems right. Concretizing. Okay. Well, you know, we'll roll with it. Concretizing politically, it's alliance with the peasantry. One may in general assert basing oneself moreover upon Italian experience that one will pass from the period of revolutionary preparation to an immediately revolutionary period when the industrial and rural proletariat of the North has succeeded in regaining, thanks to the development of the objective situation and through a series of specific and immediate struggles, a high level of organization and combativity. As for the peasantry, that of the South and Islands must be included in the front line among the forces upon which the insurrection against the industrial landowning dicta dictatorship must rely, although one should not attribute to them decisive importance unless they are allied to the proletariat. The alliance between them and the workers is the result of a natural and deep historical process encouraged by all the past experience of the Italian state. For the peasants of the other parts of Italy, the process of orientation towards an alliance with the proletariat is slower and will have to be encouraged by careful political activity on the part of the proletarian party. The success already obtained in Italy in this field indicate, moreover, that the problem of breaking the alliance of the peasantry with the reactionary forces must be posed, to a great extent, in other Western European countries, too as the problem of destroying the influence of Catholic organizations in the rural masses. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, 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 it's true. Uh, Catholicism, of course, you know, um, the, the big church and the, the big hierarchy associated, the doctrine of discovery stuff down to the, the pro-life stuff now more modernly, um, very specifically, but all religions, religion, can be a harbinger of culture, but it's also somewhere where the poor and oppressed masses tend to turn, right? Religion brings community together. Religion has hope. Um, and so it can be a point of control of the masses, just enough to, to freeze them out for their religious interest against their class interest. And that has to be combated. And sometimes that's combating the church itself. And sometimes that's not 
treading on the religion and the tradition and culture of people, but combating that conservative or reactionary current. Yeah. No, I don't know. As an indigenous person, it's very easy to understand because a lot of our culture is kept through spirituality, but it's like, yeah, we're not going to. Yeah, that makes it. And you sacrificing it's, people on top of pyramids if you did that in the past. <laughs> you know, like, they're not people stuck in the past. Yeah. <laughs> so the obstacles to the development of the revolution do not derive only from fra- fascist pressure, but are also related to the variety of groups into which the bourgeoisie is divided. Each of these groups strives to exert an influence on a section of the working population to prevent the influence of the proletariat being extended or on the proletariat itself to cause it to lose its profile and autonomy as a revolutionary class. In this way, a chain of reaction forces, a chain of reactionary forces is created, which starts from fascism and includes anti-fascist groups, which do not have large mass base liberals those which have a base among the peasants and petty bourgeoisie, Democrats, war veterans, popular party, Republicans, and in part also among the workers, the reformist party, and those which have, the, which have a proletarian base and tend to maintain the working class masses in a condition of passivity and to induce them to follow the policies of other ca- classes, the maximalist party. And, and I would like to say, because People, I mean, you want to take this, and we can't just, like we said, take the Sardinian and plop it <laughs> in a modern time and have the analysis fit, but we want to relay it to how applicable it is. A good example of not just, you know, oh, that's the same is, is like Democrats and Republicans mean completely different things in this context. But those who have a base among the peasants and petty bourgeois, um, which, you know, again, uh, is is in the chain of reactionary forces, including war veterans and the popular party, which would be more akin to like, you know, the, the, the uh, MAGAs or tea party or tea partiers, you know, that, that has a very strong parallel, right? You know, veterans, cops, they're, they're very, very, very Republican. Um, Not only more than most groups going into those jobs, but especially coming out of, of those situations, you know, it, 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 it radicalizes people further, right on top of going in generally further right. And so they are segments of the population that tend to be very, very reactionary, not necessarily down to a person, but definitely very, very reactionary. Of course, the nature of being in that position is reactionary and upholding the, the bourgeois state. Well, I think, you know, there's um, something to be said about the parties right now that are, you know, being opportunist and lift in revolutionary rhetoric, right? Just and the lip service we mentioned at the beginning, like, yeah, they're doing the exact same move as the fascists. Mm. That's why social democrats are the right wing of fascism, you know. Oh, like, you, you see this a lot with, I mean, if you notice, like. The, the, the social responsibility wave of companies, you know, doing charity to prove that capitalism's good and they've got it all taken care of and they're just they're just socially responsible. So you should buy from them. And how many of those fucking things are just veteran this? Right. <laughs> we support veteran this. We support veteran. that. Like it's very explicitly making a class of you go kill for our interests. You get to come home and, and be special. And everybody knows, you know, that that's a big political faux pas. Right. You can get up there and you can. You can say any racist Republican talking point. You can say any bullshit, you know, Democratic talking point that that upholds these institutions that people have lost faith in. And you still have some amount of political pull and, and very deep partisan support. You go up there and you say you don't support the troops and it's political suicide. At least it's thought of, of that. Not Everybody's anymore, afraid though. to do that. Not anymore, though. I feel like Isn't we've it? gotten past that. At least my generation. Well, that's. Yeah. That's that's good if that's the case, I guess. Like in Iraq, yeah, you yeah. had to say that. But like by now, it's like, well, fuck them troops. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I also get I also, free college by fighting for everybody's right to free college here domestically against the government. Well, instead. And, and again, those are the bad social democrat. You know, like no one should be a, a veteran and, and be homeless. And it's like, wait, 
why isn't the nobody should be homeless? Like no one should be homeless. Like they're covered. What did that qualify? Saying that that (laughs) covered it. I don't care about them because they're a veteran. In fact, I care less. But I care a lot because they're homeless. Honestly, you should disqualify them if they're a veteran. (laughs) 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 I'm kidding, but (laughs) so uh, the possibility that action by so-called democratic anti-fascist groups might bring down the fascist regime would only exist if these groups succeeded in neutralizing the activity of the proletariat and controlling the mass movement that would enable it to break the latter's development. The function of the democratic bourgeois bourgeois opposition is rather to collaborate with fascism, preventing the reorganization of the working class and the realization of its class program. In this sense, a compromise between fascism and bourgeois opposition is in train and will inspire the policies of every center formation which emerges from the ruins of the avantine the opposition will only be able to become once again the protagonist of the capitalist regime's defense activity when fascist repression itself no longer succeeds in preventing the unleashing of class conflict and the danger of proletarian insurrection welded to a peasant war appears grave and imminent The possibility that the bourgeoisie and fascism itself may resort to the system of reaction concealed by the appearance of a left government must therefore be permanently present in our perspectives. Divisions of functions between fascism and democracy. Thesis of the Fifth World Congress. From this analysis of the factors of revolution and its perspectives, the task of the Communist Party can be deduced. The criteria for the party's organizational political activity must be related to the analysis from which the basic coordinates of its program derive. But I find that interesting. Just the, you know, um, he just correctly pointing out that once these fascists take over, they're not going to relinquish the power. No. And they're not going to fall out of power until it's, you know, politically convenient. Yeah, they're they're not going to just screw up and and give it back to the bourgeoisie, and when they do, it's it's to save their and the bourgeoisie's interest and further keep us out of power. We have to create revolution. You know, usually there's a fall guy, and then it's just like mm-hmm. neoliberalism for a while. That's, At least that's how it played out. <laughs> this party's wrong. Vote this guy out. Bourgeois democracy is very. Well, you know, like right. how long was Pinochet in there? Like seven yeah. years, ten years. Hello? Yeah. But yeah, they kicked him out, and then it's like, well, Chile's still kind of ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nope. That's that sucks. Sorry. Sound. Yep. And yeah, I'd, the- I'd argue it's because there wasn't enough of an alliance between the actual dual power systems and mm-hmm. you know indigenous people <laughs> and the communists. But that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so with that, we're going to come to the next section, uh, fundamental tasks of the communist party, uh, rather important here. Uh, and this is, this is point 23 now. And again, in this list of points. Oh yeah. I forgot to read the points. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're continuing on this list of points, uh, Having victoriously resisted the reactionary wave which sought to engulf it in 1923, having contributed with its own actions to marking a first halt in the process and the dispersal of working class forces in the 1924 elections, having taken advantage of the Mattioti crisis to reorganize a proletarian vanguard which, with notable success, opposed the attempt to install a petty bourgeois predominance in political life in the Aventine, and having laid the basis of a real peasant policy of the Italian proletariat, the party today finds itself in a phase of political preparation of the revolution. Its fundamental task can be indicated by these three points. A, to organize and unify the industrial and rural pro- proletariat for the revolution. B, to organize and mobilize around the proletariat all the forces necessary for the victory of the revolution and the foundation of the worker state. And C, to place before the proletariat and its allies the problem of insurrection against the bourgeois state and the struggle for proletarian dictatorship, and to guide them politically and materially towards their solution through a series of partial struggles. Oh, is that all? Is that all you have to do? Yeah, you know, I mean, boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. We got this. Three (laughs) steps. 
Three step steps. one, these step two, have a revolution profit. with these three simple steps. Prepare everyone for revolution, mobilize everyone for revolution, and make sure insurrection is central to everybody's movement. Done. Bang. Thanks. Go. Yeah. Thanks, Gramsci. <laughs> uh, the construction of the Communist Party as a Bolshevik party. Uh, this is now uh, point 24. The organization of the proletarian vanguard in a communist party is the essential feature of our organizational activity. The Italian workers have learned from their experience in 1919 and 1920 that there were the, that where the leadership of the communist party built as the party of the working class and as the party of the revolution is missing. No victorious outcome of the struggle to overthrow the capitalist order is possible. The construction of a communist party, which really is the party of the working class and the party of the revolution, in other words, which is a Bolshevik party, is directly related to the following basic points. A, the party's ideology. Yeah, you can't be the workers' party without the right ideology. B, its form of organization and degree of cohesion. Yes, you have to be structured for democratic centralism or any other structure. I've only seen democratic centralism put put forth really to combat these specific forces, but any other structure that would serve the working class continuously and effectively in revolution, see its capacity to operate in contact with the masses. Yes, you have need a mandate from the masses uh, in order to do a revolution. Uh, and D, its strategic and tactical capacity. If you're useless, you're useless, period. Right. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter if you grew 15,000 people in the last year. If you do not do anything mm -hmm. besides write blogs, I I, th I think that's an important checklist to keep by there. I I, I want to I want to have that on hand. That the you know if you are a working class party, it's is your ideology working class? Is your organizational structure capable of carrying the revolution for the working class? Are you able to bring a mandate from the masses and stay in contact with the masses? And are you strategically or tactically useful to bring about this revolution? Right. Um, so yeah, we <laughs> keep, keep that pinned folks. Um, <laughs> um, and with that, our, our next section is the party's ideology. So we're going to dig into part a here. Um, in fact, I think we're going to dig into all the parts in, in the next one, but starting with the party, the party's ideology. Okay. So no, no, no. It's the party ideology. We're 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 parties here. We're gonna party. <laughs> woot woot. This was the worst joke I've ever made. It 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 was only because the Beastie Boys made it back in the eighties. You gotta fight. <laughs> um, part twenty five. The Communist Party needs complete ideological unity in order to be able at all moments to fulfill its function as the leader of the working class. Again, the purpose of the centralism of democratic centralism is so that you're a unified party. The purpose of it being democratic is so that it's the correct line from all party members. Uh, ideological unity is an element of the party's strength and political capacity. It is indispensable to make it into a Bolshevik party. The basis of ideology, of ideological unity is the doctrine of Marxism and Leninism. The last being understood as a Marxist doctrine adapted to the problems of the period of imperialism and the start of the proletarian revolution. And that's from thesis on Bolshevization of April, 1925 in large executive meeting numbers four to six in large executive meeting. That's a weird thing to cite. <laughs> like, is that like where all the like, Central committee was the chatting. big heads are. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we get an ellipse after too, so I don't get the detail. Um, part 26. Uh, in spite of the beginnings of a struggle against the rightist and centrist degenerations of the workers movement, the, the danger of rightist deviations is present within the communist party of Italy. In the theoretical field, this danger is represented by the attempts to revise Marxism made by comrade Grazade in the guise of scientific refinement some of the basic concepts of marx doctrine um again we've talked about this before you know theory has to be modernized and adapted to your conditions fundamentally rewriting it on the basis of i want to rewrite it for my interests 
that is revisionism. So theory must be revised. But when we say revisionism as an undercutting and walking back Marxism um, in the way, say, Bernstein did, that is is a fundamentally different thing than modernizing it. And, and you have to know the difference and you have to do one and you have to not do the other or you will not be revolutionary. Um, Grazade's, assuming I'm pronouncing that right, Attempts certainly cannot lead to the creation of a current. I bet you it's like Garazadies or something like that. <laughs> God, I don't know. I cannot pronounce Italian. Uh, cannot lead to the creation of a current and hence a faction, which endangers the ideological unity and the cohesion of a party. However, they imply a support for rightist currents and political deviations. In any case, they, they point to the need for the party to carry out a deep study of Marxism and to acquire a higher and more solid theoretical consciousness. Again, if you're part of the vanguard, we need ideological cohesion. And so you need to understand that theory. You can't be like, oh, there's the theory section of the party. We all have to be educated. Everybody needs to read it. Like mm-hmm. your cadre all need to be at the same level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is why um, different parties historically have had reading lists and it basically homework to join the party. It's for a reason. Chunkaluta has mm-hmm. a reading list. Mm-hmm. It's growing and developing to an official one, which we'll release. But until then, you know, uh, yeah, here's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> The danger that a right-wing tendency might be created is linked to the general situation in the country. The very repression exercised by fascism tends to nourish the view that, since the proletarian cannot, proletariat cannot soon overturn the regime, the best tactic is the one whose aim is, if not an actual bourgeois proletarian bloc, for the constitutional elimination of fascism, at least a passivity of the revolutionary vanguard and non-intervention of the Communist Party in the immediate political struggle, thus allowing the bourgeoisie to use the proletariat as electoral troops against fascism. Vote Democrat to avoid fascism. Like, this shit just re-rears its ugly head. Everything about this is like a scathing criticism of the current strategy to fight fascism of the CPSA. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, sorry, CPSA. It's not that we hate you. It's that you're <laughs> failing to do your job as the supposed vanguard you claim to be. Yeah. Stop claiming to be the vanguard if you are not there yet. Nobody, nobody, nobody who is a communist hates you. We all just don't. We expect more. We, yeah, you've dis- you're disappointing us. <laughs> uh, it's this not. Bro- oh, then come here. It's like, well, no, we're gonna we're gonna do our own thing. And yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, this program is expressed through the formula that the Communist Party uh, must be the left wing of an opposition of all forces conspiring to bring down the fascist regime. It is the expression of a profound pessimism concerning the revolutionary capacities of the working class. And again, that's what it's built on. The working class can't be revolutionary. So we have to turn to our, our left wing bourgeois masters to fight fascism. And it's a load of crap. And it's what ushers the fascism in. The same pessimism and the same deviations lead to an incorrect interpretation of the nature of historical function of the social democratic parties at the central time. Another case of shut up and let the book read, David. Uh, (laughs) They lead to forgetting that social democracy, although it still to a great extent conserves its social base in the proletariat, must so far as its ideology and the political function it fulfills are concerned, be considered not as right wing not a, as a right wing of the working class movement, but as a left wing of the bourgeoisie, and as such must be amassed in the eyes of the masses. Again, when Stalin said it was the left wing of fascism, he wasn't coming out of nowhere. This is first-hand observation stuff. Well, and I, you know, I think um, we definitely have like uh, social democrats which are more explicitly fascist coming out of the um, Pat Socias who are still pushing electoralism through Trump, you know, but for the right. And it's like, wow, that's like obscenely on the nose. Like they're clearly just Bernie bros who read some Stalin, you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, this, we actually have to know the meaning of these expressions when we say them, not just throw them out there. Uh, 
the right-wing danger must be fought through ideological propaganda by counterposing the revolutionary program of the working class and its party to the right-wing program and by ordinary disciplinary means whenever the necessity arrives. Um, meaning the actual uh, term purge means removing someone from a party. Uh, obviously, that's been poisoned by no um, it, it means you fucking shot them in the head in the hallway <laughs> like saddam hussein yeah that, that's definitely the only meaning of that term totally Dude, that, not that is one of the craziest videos though have you ever seen that no i've not seen or that saddam's one. like raise your hand if you oppose me basically oh jesus and then he sends them all out of the hallway and you just hear gunshots you're like nice. okay nope not not the least bit surprising for us who saddam is um, which is always an interesting thread, right? He wasn't he wasn't the 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 um most evil man alive the US made him out to be to make him a bad guy to invade a country of innocent people, but he's also one of the shittiest people that ever existed. I view <laughs> because him a lot like the US like put him in power for their own sake. Well, it's like it's a lot like Sir Sarkarno who yeah. like helped the CIA mm-hmm. do a coup on himself in exchange to live. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> shitty of you, man. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> uh, point twenty-seven. There is a similar connection between the origins of the party and the general situation in the country on the one hand, and the danger of a leftist deviation from Marxist and Leninist ideology on the other. This is represented by the ultra-left tendency led by Comrade Bordiga. This tendency isn't it Bordiga. Isn't it like Bordiga lasagna? Oh, sorry, Bordiga. Yeah, sorry, Bordiga. I keep, I was saying Bordiga. Bordiga. This tendency was formed in the specific situation of disintegration and programmatic, organizational, strategic, and tactical incapacity in which the Italian Socialist Party found itself from the end of the war up to the Livorno Congress. Its origin and fortunes are, moreover, related to the fact that since the working class is a minority in the Italian working population, there is a constant danger that its party will be corrupted by infiltrations from other classes, and in particular, from the petty bourgeoisie. The far-left tendency reacted to this condition of the working class and to the situation of the Italian Socialist Party with a particular ideology, i.e. a conception of the nature of the party and its function and tactics, which conflicts with that of Marxism-Leninism. A. The far left, ignoring or underestimating the partial party's social content, defines it as an organ of the working class constituted through the synthesis of heterogeneous elements. In reality, when defining the party is necessary above all to stress that it is a part of the working class, the error in defining the party leads to an incorrect approach to organizational pro- problems and problems of tactics. Again, the, the party is made up of working class people. It is part of the working class. Um, B, for the far left, the function of the party is not to lead the class at all moments, striving to remain in contact with it throughout all challenges and in the objective situation, but to form and prepare cadres who can lead the masses when the evolution of the situation has brought them to the party and made them accept the programmatic and principled positions it has fixed. The party is the vanguard. It doesn't just delegate vanguards. (laughs) That'd be amazing. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, that's not how that works. (laughs) As regards tactics, the left maintained, oh, this is C, as regards tactics, the left maintains that these must not be determined on the basis of the objective situation and the position of the masses in such a way that as always to be in line with the reality and provide a constant contact with the broadcast layers of working population. Instead, they must be determined on the basis of formalistic concerns of a consequence of the situation, which has been deduced on the basis of formalistic and sectarian concerns, thus determining the party's policy. The specific element is always missing. The unity and completeness of vision, which characterizes our method of political inquiry, dialectic, is broken. The activity and the slogans of the party lose their effectiveness and value, remaining simply propaganda activity and propaganda slogans. Well, and that's kind of like the big thing with Lambeck, right? Is there's this lack of unity around it that has ultimately led to a diminishing in its effect where you have to be like, it's two fucking words. How do you not understand this? Um, 
the basis of party organization is the next part, and that's point twenty nine and thirty. Do we have enough time? Yeah, we got enough time. Yeah. So, all problems of organization are political problems. Their solution must, solutions must be enabled. Wait, the solution, their solution must enable the party to carry out its fundamental task of ensuring that the proletariat acquires complete political independence, giving it a physiognomy. Fuck me. Uh, I'm going to go with physiognomy because that's the best I can do in that word. So we'll just go with that. A personality and a precise revolutionary <laughs> consciousness. There you go. That's the definition. Let's never use that word again. Nobody will ever listen to us. Uh, <laughs> and preventing any infiltration or... But the wait, wait. physiognomy! The physiognomy! <laughs> and preventing any infiltration or disintegrative influence from classes and elements which, even if they have interests contrary to capitalism, are not willing to take the struggle against the latter to its ultimate consequences, i.e., you should not be adapting MAGA tendencies into your cadre. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that Gramsci used that term, too, because the reason we don't know it is physiognomy is face-reading, apparently. So, like, you know, just... Um, Eyeball, I, what, is, what is the thing with the, the fucking um, head bump reading, calipers, what the fuck is that called? Oh, uh, phrenology. Phrenology, it's apparently like eyeballing <laughs> phrenology from someone's face, you know, like resting bitch face person must be angry all the time. Well, stuff. I think it's like a, but, like a general vibe, right? Yeah, and I, I think, think that's what I think that's what saying vibe. I think that's what Gramsci's saying. Like, it needs to have a it's personality that matches its ideology that can be expressed and identified. A vibe. A vibe. A vibe. <laughs> I'm just trying to detail a vibe. It sounds so goofy when we say a vibe, but a vibe is right. Look, it sounds goofy when you say physiognomy. No, Fuck that's that true. word. So vibe is way better. Um, first and foremost, there's a political problem. <laughs> That I just like had a stroke mid word. Okay, so <laughs> who are we? First and foremost, there's a political problem <clears throat> that of the basis of organization. The party organization must be constructed on the basis of production and hence of the workplace cells. This principle is essential for the creation of a Bolshevik party. It depends on the fact that the party must be equipped to lead the mass movement of the working class, which is naturally unified by the development of capitalism in accordance with the process of production. By locating the organizational basis in the place of production, the party performs an act of choice of the class on which it bases itself. It proclaims that it is a class party and the party of a single class, the working class. It is a certain it is certain that the Communist Party cannot be solely party cannot be a solely a party of workers. The working class and its party cannot do without intellectuals, nor can they ignore the problem of grouping around themselves and giving a lead to all those elements who in one way or another are driven to rebel against capitalism. Thus, the Communist Party cannot close its doors to peasants. Indeed, it must contain peasants and use them to tighten the political bond between the proletariat and the rural classes. But it is necessary to reject vigorously as counter-revolutionary any conception which which makes no makes the party into a synthesis of heterogeneous elements instead of maintaining without any consciousness of this kind that it is a part of the proletariat that the proletariat must mark it with the imprint of its own organization and that the proletariat must be guaranteed a leading function within the party itself. There is no consistency in the practical objections to our organization on the basis of production cells, according to which this organizational structure would not allow us to transcend the competition between different categories of worker and would leave the party at the mercy of functionaryism. So that's basically like if you rely on cells to be the electrical workers, blah, 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 they will, that will in itself form a class system afterwards. Because Yeah, this is, this is why we're not trade unionists. We, yeah. No, just bend to those, those <laughs> interests. 
So the practice of the factory movement, 1919 to 20, has shown that only an organization adapted to the place and system of production makes it possible to establish a contact between the upper and lower strata of the working masses, skilled workers, unskilled workers, and laborers, and to create a bond of solidarity which eliminate the basis of any phenomenon of labor aristocracy. So, yeah, we can't bend to the labor aristocracy, but we are a working class uh, movement first and foremost. You know, there's something put forward here by by Gramsci, and I think it's based on the, the, the Marxist notion that, you know, we control the, the factories, we control the production by being the workers. So we need to seize the means of production where it's got to be a working class you know, coalition. So it, it should definitely include peasants and, and other oppressed groups. Um, but we have to centrally make this battle about class is what Gramsci is saying there. And whether that's right or wrong or applies or does not apply to our uh, conditions, that's that's what's being put forth, if I understand. Well, I think right we now. need to recognize that Engels defines the proletarian as the 19th century mm-hmm. working class or whatever, right? So, yeah, like it's developed differently. Mm-hmm. There's different classes. You have like homeless people, which would constitute their own class because they don't own any land. So they're not peasants. You yeah. Know? And like, then like with the case of Indian people, it's like they might own land, but they're in the worst economic conditions of the entire nation so mm-hmm. just because they have land does not mean they're capitalists you know yeah. they're peasants more than anything you know and then but then it's like they're not really peasants they're more working class at this point because proletarization you know like, well, well and something too you know i mean uh gramsci here talks about marxism and leninism which is marxism in the age of imperialism right um, we need to be Marxist in the age of neo-colonialism, neo-colonialism, which takes Marxism, which takes Leninism, and which takes a decolonial Marxism as well. Oh, right. And that's like the difficulty is trying to understand the dialectic between the settler um, condition and mm-hmm. the indigenous condition and how materially they're different i mean it's an apartheid state basically and so it's like like literally functionally an apartheid state we are defined differently than you legally we operate under different legal jurisdictions Mm -hmm. you can come and murder us and rape us and steal our shit and like pretty much nothing can be done to you it's pretty fucked up so yeah i mean people think (laughs) historically of the of the united states and and having apartheid system thinking of like the black codes and that that's correct but you know and and there's a lot of like unofficial apartheid with you know the war on drugs and things like that but we need to recognize the reservation systems and and the classifications of citizenship and indigenous people as an existing apartheid right now well and like you know the doctrine of discovery, <laughs> which yeah. Ruth Gator Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, fucking quoted against the ADL yeah. in her rulings. Yeah, so it's like, I, this shit's still going on. You can't like just, ignore it. It's just amazing how the the great separation of church and state and the the myth of like oh we just ran here from political persecution and then the doctrine of discovery is quoted well, in religious the religious persecution. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, which There's, is like. But with that, um, I think uh, next time we will pick up on. St- solidity which was very re- weird not to read as solidarity solidity of the party organization factionalism which will be on slide 130 um and this has been mark's madness pod part of trunk network we read books a lot of ways and to get a hold of us yeah one of them is twitter where you can go to at mark's madness pod or at trunk org i think <laughs> or you can message me personally, Decolonial Marks, which is like a joke. Um, because there's that Midwestern Marks character who's dumb. So I'm Decolonial Marks. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's a just ironic joke. 
But uh, there's also the link tree, Chunkalutha Network, where you can find our Patreon, which is also Chunkalutha Network, and our GoFundMe, which we're trying to finish up to raise money for a wheelchair. You know, that's very worthwhile. People deserve wheelchairs, especially they're on the brink of homelessness. So, like, look, <laughs> they need some comfort. Um, It's really like the current one is just leaving a lot of sores. But, um, you know, otherwise, there's a million other social medias you can find all at the link tree. Or you can join the Mark's Madness Patreon. Not Patreon. The Mark's Madness Discord. Discord. <laughs> at the Twitter link. Or you can become a patron and join the Chunkaluta Discord. And talk theory and nerd out with us about... Praxis. I don't know. Uh, and then there's also, did we say marksmadness at gmail.com? Yeah, marksmadnesspod at gmail.com is another way to get a hold of us. And, um, and like, I do confirm is Chungaluta Org on, on uh, yeah, yeah. Twitter X. You know, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure they banned the network version. <laughs> yeah, kind of stupid. I hate Elon. But anyway, like, I. You know, you know how bands of Turtle Island that account got banned. Yeah, yeah. I called somebody Cracker. Oh Jesus! It's like are you, well, the N you know, word was trending at the same time. It's he's like, threatening what? to ban people just for, for use of the phrase yeah. from the river to the sea. Yeah. Well, and decolonialism. He yeah. compared them both to calls for genocide. Yeah. So I mean, just a yeah. fucking monster. Which, of course, you know, he he's a part baby. Of course, he's that kind of fucking monster. Well, it reminds me in like the sitting near my Gwen. They um they banned political flags, which was like how they bl- banned gay pride flags and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but then they also banned like orange shirts for Orange Shirt Day. And, oh, like, geez. Native Nations flags. It's like, well, oh, you know what else you can still fly? The goddamn United States flag. <laughs> like, that's pretty political, man. Not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. Just remember, you know, you're you're either. You're, there's there the the two genders are cis cis man and political, the two races are white and political. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> you know, it's, or uppity. Oh, uppity, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference in that terminology. Jesus, <laughs> that's some true shit. Holy yeah. fuck, that's yeah. literally how they see that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the right wing sucks. Don't listen to people who say you need to make an alliance with them. Yep, um, that's yep. dumb. Uh, get get out there and organize and contribute to our GoFundMe so we can get that wheelchair for that comrade. And uh, oh, and then you can also see blueprints on the Instagram for our community center. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there is also, I know at least on the the TikTok and the Twitter. Uh, man, I pronounce it really right. Twitter, uh, the TikTok and the Twitter, the uh, the interview with uh, Alfred and and Vanessa from Pine Ridge too. Um, or at least parts of it. So people should go take a listen to that too. Um, with that, this has been Mark's Madness Pod. We read books, part of Chunkalutu Network. My name's David. It twice. Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure money too. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Okay.